Should the Twins bring back Gio Urshela to play third base in 2023? Should they not? Should they trade him? Let's look at all angles of this question on today's episode of Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Monday, October 10th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thanks for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Again, this is Nash Walker, three seasons hosting a daily show on the Twins here and season four, writing about the Twins at twinsdaily.com. This will be off-season five, off-season four. A lot of off-seasons, and we have a big question today. One of the bigger questions for the Twins this off-season is who's going to play third base in 2023? Who's going to be their primary third baseman, their opening day third baseman, you know, barring an injury or anything like that? Gio Urshela, he's got one more year in his contract under arbitration. We got some arbitration estimations from MLB Trade Rumors today, which is exciting. Always love that. So we'll have a better idea of what he's going to cost to bring back and I want to look at his season as a whole and use it as a benchmark for this question, right? Because when you think about Gio Urshela and you think about whether the Twins should trade him, I don't think they'll not tender him. But whether they'll trade him, you know, tender him and then trade him is is what he did in 2022. And if if he had an identical season to 2022, do you want him back in 2023? And then you have questions of the age curve and you know, the batted ball data and the defense, all of those things come into play when you're projecting 2023, because what he did in 2022, you use that as a baseline projection, but all of those other things are baked in. He had a really nice year. And, and I I think I made that clear throughout the season. Like I was mostly pleased with Gio or Shelly. He hit 285, you know, on base was really solid at 338. He slugged 429. OPS plus was 121. Uh, OPS at 767. He was worth 3.1 wins above replacement at baseball reference. He was really clutch early in the season. He had a lot of clutch hits early on, but on the year, his clutch numbers, like runners in scoring position, it's about the same as his overall line. With runners in scoring position on the year and 144 plate appearances, he had a 742 OPS. Overall on the season, his OPS in that same range at 767. So actually slightly worse. I think there was this like this notion that Gio was so clutch all year. He was in the first half, not as much in the second half of the season uh, for Gio, but he had a nice year. You know, three wins above replacement, one of the better third base seasons we've seen for the Twins since the Koski days. Uh, he had a really nice year, but he is projected to make 9.2 million in his final year of arbitration. I think to... This question is more important, yes, in the context of who's playing third base, but also in the context of the Twins payroll and how much money they actually do have to spend. So I went through it again tonight. I know I've looked at it a couple different times, but overall, their committed payroll is about $95 million. That's assuming Kepler's back. That's with Urshela's salary. That's with Emilio Pagan back. That's with everybody basically back. I didn't include like Danny Coulomb. I think they'll non-tender him. Kyle Garlic is baked into that at about a million in arbitration. I don't have Jake Cave making his arbitration number at a million. 
So some of the more obvious decisions I baked into that, they'll pick up Sonny Gray's option. They'll decline Miguel Sano, Dylan Bundy, Chris Archer. Those options will be declined. And I added the buyouts to the payroll. So it's about 95 million. Their payroll this year was 142 million. So using that, they have about 45 to $50 million to spend in free agency if they stayed at the same level of payroll. They should increase. We'll love to see it get to 150, 155, 160. And then you're really talking in the offseason. But if they stay in the same range, you know, it's 45 to $55 million to spend. And that's with Kepler, with Urshela on the books. They have, they have holes. They don't have a shortstop. They don't have an opening day shortstop. They don't have a backup catcher. They probably need another reliever. And I would argue they need a frontline starter as well. So it's not like they don't have any holes with all that money. They have holes. They don't have as many holes as they've had in recent seasons because of the Mali trade, the Lopez trade. They filled some of those in season. So it looks different. And they've had some guys emerge. You know, Joe Ryan had his first full season. You kind of bank on him. Sonny Gray is in, in tow as well. The, uh, that's the overall payroll, about $95 million. If you take Gio Urshela away, it's about $86 million. So you have $9 more million to spend, $86 million, And then you'd have, you know, $55 to $60 million to spend instead of $45 to $50 million to spend. Is that difference, is that worth it to you? to trade Gio Urshela. And I'm assuming in return, you're not getting somebody you're adding to the payroll because a contender is going to trade for Gio Urshela. is one year left on his contract. It's going to be a contender. Someone like Milwaukee, you know, would trade for Gio Urshela, a team that's trying to win and would pay him the $9 million in his final year of arbitration. Also, what would Gio Urshela make if he was a free agent this offseason? I think he just completed his age 30 season. He's going to be 31 tomorrow. Happy early birthday, Gio Rochelle. He's going to be 31, uh, October 11th, 1991, of course, right after, I guess, right before the Twins won their second World Series. Happy early birthday to Gio. That'll be 31. So 31 years old, what would he get on the free agent market? You know, a three-win season. I think he would be looking for like a three-year, $36 million deal. He would probably get three for 30, maybe two for 26. So one for nine, which is what he's essentially got now, there's value in that contract. The Twins can trade him. He's valuable in trade. How valuable? It's the difference between two, two for 26 and one for nine. It's not that big of a difference. I don't think they would be taking back salary in return. They'd be getting prospects they liked or you know, maybe a middle reliever, maybe from a contending team. So I'm assuming that money is just clean off the books. And they would have about $86 million committed for 2023. So think about it in that context. Would you rather have... 9 million and no Gio Urshela, or would you rather have Gio Urshela and 9 million less to spend in free agency or via trade? More on this discussion with Jose Miranda is a huge part of this. How does Jose Miranda fit into this? How does Luis Arise fit into this? How does Alex Kirloff fit into this? So many factors at play with the Gio Urshela decision after this word from Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe. Home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. It is the best. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. With 24 7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency even if you're not home or can't be reached. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com 
slash locked on MLB. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Jose Miranda, how does Jose fit into this discussion? If the Twins believe, if the Twins believe Jose Miranda can adequately defend third base for 150 games in 2023, in 2024, in 2025, but especially in 2023, because that's the contract Gio Urshela is under at the moment, then I think they will trade Gio Urshela. That's the question, though. Can you trust Jose Miranda to play third base adequately for 150 games? Dicey returns on his defense in the minors as far as the scouting, but I will say this. Try not to think too much about how he looked at first base and then say, oh, if he looked bad at first base, he must be bad at third base. We didn't see him enough at third base. It's a completely different spot. He has much less experience at first base. He's played third base a lot more in the minors. He he knows third much better than he knows first. That doesn't mean he's going to be a good defender at third. My argument is if, if you believe Jose Miranda can be a league average or slightly below league average defender, I'm talking, you know, zero to negative three defensive runs saved in that range. If he can be that, and he was about even at third base in a small sample this year. If you believe he is the guy he was at third this year, the metrics say he was even in defensive runs saved, then I would trade Gio Rochella because there's just more offensive maximization at third base with Miranda. I think he has more power than Urshela. He's cheaper than Urshela, much cheaper than Urshela. And you fill that hole and there's already a logjam at first base with Miranda and Arise, and I think Kirilov is a future first baseman. He's going to play in the outfield, but I think he's a first baseman. You know, so if you can free up first base, DH a little bit, and you can fill in third cheaper, and you get that nine million back, it makes sense to trade Gio Urshela. If the answer is no, if you don't think you can trust Jose Miranda for a full season defensively at third base then you you bring back Urshela, you don't trade him, and you kind of integrate Miranda and have him learn and try to improve at third for when Urshela leaves in free agency. They could always re-sign Urshela after 2023. I, I think they have to find a way, though, whether it's this year or next year, for Miranda to be a third baseman. That would be really helpful for this roster if he could play third base adequately. And now it's up to him. You know, It's up to the the, the coaching staff to improve at third base or to at least get to a point where they feel comfortable enough he can play there 140, 150 times a season. Who plays shortstop also bakes into this. Urshela didn't grade well defensively. I know that's crazy, but he was in the 11th percentile in outs above average. He wasn't good in those metrics. I know we watched him and he looked really good, but there are a handful of plays that a lot of third basemen made that he that he didn't make this year. It's as simple as that. He made some tremendous plays and I actually think he's a lot better than the metrics say it's it's wild to me that his metrics are poor but the the numbers are the numbers you know the numbers are the numbers and he cost them outs this year he cost them outs as weird as that is I still think though today I think he's a better third baseman than Jose Miranda so if you have a filler at shortstop you know I don't even know who they would have, like Didi Gregorius or someone at shortstop who's filling in for Royce Lewis, who's not a premier defender. Now you have an infield, if Luis Arise is your first baseman, of Miranda, who I'm saying if he's league average defensively, that would be a win at third. Uh, your filler shortstop, who's not Carlos Correa, 
Jorge Polanco, who's been okay at second base, and Luis Arise at first, who was okay at first base this year, but doesn't look like a first baseman. He's not going to be a plus first baseman by any means. And then catcher, like, <laughs> I just don't think that's a very good defensive infield at all. And that's part of why I really think this team needs to re-sign Carlos Correa because he just shores you up defensively and you have a, a great defensive shortstop. It's a great place to start in an infield. Then you can swallow Miranda being below average at third base. You can swallow having Polanco and a rise on the right side. But without Correa, it's very unlikely they're going to get a defender as good as Correa. You want a platinum glove in 2021. It's very unlikely they're going to do that. That bakes into this as well. Like, is it Elvis Andrews, who's still league average defender? But then you have Miranda, Andrews, Polanco, Arise. How can you think that's a good defensive infield at all? And I said on my last show, I don't need this defense to be the best in the world or even top 10, but like at least league average or just below league average if they can get more offense, which is what you'd be getting from Miranda. Miranda's a great example of that. Third base is going to be about league average, hopefully, or below league average, slightly below. But you get the offense there. You get the slug. You get the power. You get his bat there that you you likely will not get with Gio Urshela. Like, Gio had a better overall season than Miranda at the plate, but he's going to be 31, and Miranda was a rookie, and he's learning. And I, I think Miranda's going to end up being a better overall hitter than Gio Urshela's been in his career. So I, I would love to have Miranda's bat at third base. If they believe Miranda can adequately play third, I I would trade Gio Urshela. I would. But if if they don't believe that, like if there's any doubt about that, I, I don't think they should do it. What I personally, I personally would give Miranda all the chances in the world. Like I, I don't know what that looks like because they didn't I, I argue that they should have given him more looks down the stretch at third base, but they had Gio. I, I argued that Miranda should be playing third like every day in the last month of the season, at least when the season was already over. So you can just get a better idea of what he's going to look like in the big leagues at third base. And like we could get a better idea of that. We just the minor league track record. If that's your confidence level, if that's where you're going to hang your hat, I, I like that because it's a larger sample and you're probably not going to learn a ton in three weeks. But I would have liked to see Miranda play more third base down the stretch in September. He just didn't like if Gio could have DH, but I know Arise was DHing because his ham. It, there were it was a it was a tight tight situation, and it will be again if Geo's back for nine point two million. I'm kind of torn on this. I don't know if you can tell. I'm kind of torn on this. I really liked watching Gio Urshela play this year. I think a lot of a good teams have a guy like Gio Urshela, and, and I think I would be fine and, and honestly like pleased if he was back on the roster and they would he'd make them a little bit deeper and they'd have a better bench. You know, you'd have probably a Miranda as your DH at that point arise at first, the lineup seems a little bit deeper. You know, he hit left-handed pitching, which I always like all of the, for all those reasons, I liked watching him play defense, but for some, I just, I just always want more offense at positions. Like if you can get more offense for just a little bit less in the defensive category and by the numbers, Gio Urshela was not what he looked like he was at third base then I'm on board for that too. Cause I'm just such a believer in Jose Miranda and his bat. I'm such a believer in the mania. I'm torn on this. Honestly, like I could see it going both ways. I don't think they're going to non tender him. He'll, he'll get the tender. And I would say it's more likely than not. He'll be the third baseman next year, but I think it's like 60, 40 to be honest with you. And I think that's where I'm at too is 
do I trust Jose Miranda to play third every day next year? And what's your backup plan if he can't? You know, they thought Luis Arise could play third base this year. If you remember way back in April, there was a platoon of Urshela and Arise at third. When they traded for Urshela, it became a platoon at third base. Louis was so bad at third, they they eradicated him from third base. Urshela became the primary third baseman, played every basically every single game at third for the rest of the season. And Louis will probably never play third again in his life. Like that, that's what happens if Miranda can't play third. Like he looks like Louis did. I don't think he would because that was a new spot for Louis. It's different. Miranda played third all the way through the minors. But what if he's, you know, negative 10, negative 15 outs above average at third and you're stuck with him there and you have this filler shortstop because he couldn't re-sign Correa. You got Polanco and Arise on the right side and it's just an ugly situation defensively. There's risk in that. And then what if he's what if he's solid and you got his bat at third? You know, I think he would be one of the 10 to 12 best offensive third basemen in the league. You know, and that's maybe even putting it too low. I think he could be in the top eight range even. I think he's he's got the bat to be that guy. And then where's he at defensively? You know, that's that's another question for him. I'm I'm such a believer in Miranda overall. Um that I, I think I could live without Urshela being on the roster and giving Jose that chance at third base. But I, again, I would be fine with bringing back Urshela uh, in 2023. It'll be interesting. It, Derek Falvey spoke today at his press conference, like the end of the season, I think press conference. I don't know if there's another one, but they, he had one today and Michael Salazar, the training, the head of training was fired. And that was, I mean, someone's good. Someone had to take the blame for that, I guess. And they decided it was going to be Michael Salazar. That's, to me, it's just hard to analyze and evaluate a decision like that because I don't think you can quantify, you know, what happened there or even say how much was anybody's fault with injuries. It's just an impossible thing. But I read Dan Hayes' piece at The Athletic, and he wrote, the Twins learned some things they didn't like. For example, Tyler Malley was not doing shoulder strengthening exercises. They feel like they can prepare guys better with a new head of training. Like, they can... They feel like they can maybe make some better plans than what they had for guys, the soft tissue injuries they're trying to avoid. The bigger problems, you know, Kirilov with the wrist and Royce Lewis with the knee and and Buxton with the knee. Those things, any training, head of training is going to have to deal with that, right? Those things are not because of a lack of, of preparation. But the soft tissue stuff, the soft tissue you know, arise with the hamstring. Sonny Gray was mentioned in the article, multiple hamstring strains this year for a pitcher, muscle strains, soft tissue problems. That sounds like what the thing they're trying to improve with a new uh, new head trainer. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, we'll stay on top of it, but the rest of the coaching staff is going to remain, which means that Pete Mackey will be back as the permanent pitching coach, unless he's poached by another team. Jace Tingler will be back on the bench. David Popkins will be back as the hitting coach. And it's basically the same staff without Michael Salazar, which I think is interesting. I really, really expected them to replace Pete Mackey. But according to Derek Falvey, Derek Falvey, they talked to the players, the pitchers, and they came to the decision to keep Pete Mackey. And I, that's a tough spot to be thrown into after Wes Johnson left. And the, the pitching immediately downturned after Wes Johnson left. They were a little bit better in September, you know, overall, but that's the starting point is, is low there. Um, yeah. Pete Mackey sounds like the guys like him. And even with the pitching coach too, I always just have trouble 
how much can it's the same with Michael Salazar. How much of it can you put on a coach? Like how much can you put on the pitching coach if the team just clearly doesn't have enough pitching talent, right? How much can you credit Wes Johnson for Yoan Duran or Griffin Jacks or Joe Ryan? Like how much does he get of that? How much does the player get? How much does the organization get? The minor league coaches? It's so hard to divvy that up between coaches. It's a very tough thing to evaluate, but it is interesting to me that they didn't at least conduct, and maybe they did, but it doesn't sound like they conducted an outside search for a pitching coach. They're giving that role to Mackey, who was the interim pitching coach after Wes Johnson left for LSU. Interesting stuff. That was the one question from me. I assume Popkins will be back. I assume Tingler, you know, Hank Conger, all those guys are back, which I'm excited about. I like that group. But Mackey was the one I was I was curious about. I didn't know if they would get a new pitching coach or not. They will not. It'll be Pete Mackey, unless he's poached by another organization. But uh, sounds like it will be Mackey, who was the team's bullpen coach before he got this role. So he has familiarity with these guys. That's part of it. And, and I think they want to maybe establish a more stable culture after Wes left. That would be three voices in the matter, three new voices in the matter of six months for some guys, you know, and. For their young starters, for Louis Varland and Simeon Woods Richardson, there's familiarity there, which I I can I can understand why they'd want to keep that intact for 2023 and moving forward. So Pete Maggie stays. Uh, Derek Falvey had some other interesting comments, and maybe we'll we'll dive more into those later this week. But he's made comments in the past, like he said last year before the lockout, we're planning for Ryan Jeffers and and uh, Mitch Garver to split time between catcher and DH. And it that wasn't the exact quote, but he said something along those lines. And then they traded Mitch Garver, you know, in the uh, the post-deadline deal right away for Isaiah Conner-Falefa and, and Ronnie Henriquez. So things change. And I don't always take what they say at face value because these things do change. Free agency changes things. You know, the market tr- changes things. And uh, we'll see how it transpires. But we're going to look at the rest of this roster. We're going to look at, Luis Arise and his long-term home defensively on Tuesday. I hope you enjoyed this show on Gio Urshela. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Twins your first listen today. Now make your second listen, the Lockdown MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Sully is the best. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Lockdown MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day. We'll be back Tuesday. Join me then five days a week throughout the offseason. I will be here breaking this thing down on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day and go Twins.